I'm Monica and welcome back to another MCAT Master Interview. In this series, as you guys probably already know, we just sit down with top scorers and kind of see what strategies help them the most in their process and spread those to you guys in our community so that you guys can improve too. And with that, I'd like to introduce you all to Julia Maguro, another team member here at MCAT Mastery. So Julia is responsible for all the awesome content you guys have been seeing recently on our Instagram and Facebook pages. And she's been hosting and managing a lot of the tutor takeovers and live Q and A's for you guys as well. So if you guys haven't seen that yet, definitely be, be sure to check it out. But today, Julia is here as a mentor and top scorer to help you guys master the MCAT. We'll talk more about, you know, the social media stuff later as well. So that's part of this interview as well. But first, welcome to the series, Julia. Hi, Monica. Thanks so much for the introduction. Very happy to be here. Of course. We're so excited to hear from you. And I know our students are going to be really excited as well. And before we get started with the questions and everything, we also just wanted to give them a little bit of your MCAT background as well. When Julia started her prep, she had a concrete goal that she wanted to reach because she'd already been accepted to a program that required her to score at least a 512 on the exam. So setting out with this goal in mind, Julia studied for two and a half months while she also had an internship and ended up scoring a 511 on her first take, just shy of her goal. Disappointed but knowing how she could improve, Julia took a break and decided to retake with full focus for a month when she was at home. But with three weeks left before her test date, she still hadn't moved her score beyond that 510 plateau. So in those final three weeks, she focused on her strategy, worked with a tutor, and improved her score to an amazing 519 by her testing. So in just 24 days, she was able to increase her score by nine points on the MCAT after struggling with a plateau, which is amazing. So in this interview, we're just going to launch into understanding exactly how she achieved this. So we're going to learn how she studied, how she increased her score, how she kept herself motivated, which is always hard, how she scheduled her prep, and the strategies for each particular section as well. Yeah, with all of that, I think we're ready to go ahead and get started. So Julia, why don't we just start with you telling everybody a little bit about yourself? All right, so so I'm currently living in Spain, actually, and I'm working as a language assistant at a vocational school. But before that, I was I just graduated from the University of Miami in December, where I majored in biochemistry with a focus on nutrition and minored in public health. In August, I'll be starting a medical school, hopefully also with a master's in public health program at the University of Miami as well. Very cool. University of Miami. That sounds amazing. Amazing. Yes, I love that you go Kane. Right. And that's so exciting too. You're done with all of like the steps towards medical school. You're ready to go. So that's really exciting. So kind of on that note, going backwards, what inspired you to want to become a doctor in the first place? Right. So growing up, I actually never really, I wasn't really like a kid who would play doctor or thought I'd do anything in the sciences or anything like STEM related. I definitely kind of put myself in the box of someone who was more creative or just like right and the arts and things like that. But then when I was in sixth grade, I moved from Brazil to New Jersey. And I mean, in sixth grade is when I started becoming more aware of the health system around me and how it worked. And I see really big differences in the Brazilian healthcare system and also the American healthcare system and how there are good things and bad things about each other. And so with that, I actually had to, I was kind of forced to participate in the science for school too. And I did my project on optics because my mother was struggling with keratoconus. And so then I really liked seeing how the concepts of science or biology would be, or well, actually optics, it was physics, but how that would translate to the like human anatomy and biology and health concerns. And so I think also just at a time when I couldn't really express myself in any language properly, or at least that's how I felt, being able to use science to communicate and still be 
able to form human connections was very appealing to me. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. The whole thing of like applying, you know, Mm -hmm. these hard science concepts and seeing how they like affect people. That's so powerful. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what it's all about. So it sounds like you're in it for the right. I'm like, oh, because I also love public health and then doing like the health policy and health business and things like that. But Mm -hmm. I like medicine or also like education. I love working in education, but I think medicine is a career that allows me to incorporate all of my interests together. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like medicine is so, there's so many opportunities there Mm -hmm. and ways to like a whole bunch of different things, which we'll probably talk about later as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really exciting. And it sounds like you're, you know, willing to branch out as well and like do a bunch of different things, which is always good too, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. So staying, you know, back at the beginning of your journey, when you first started prepping for the MCAT, what was going on in your life? Like what were you up to, I guess? Well, I had just finished my sophomore year because at my university, they usually you would do a full year of general chemistry and then a full year of organic chemistry before you take biochemistry. And then it's recommended to take the MCAT after biochemistry at our university, at least. Mm-hmm. Or I would say that's like pretty standard recommendation, but that's what they would tell us. And But then they had this separate program where you could do all of the chemistry in three semesters and then biochemistry by the end of your sophomore year. So that's what I chose to do because, well, like now that I'm in Spain, that's something that I've always wanted to do to just be able to study abroad. And so being able to take my MCAT right after my sophomore year was the best way for me to be able to both be able to graduate on time and like go to med school after college and still be able to study abroad and do everything that I wanted. I definitely think that I piled up way too much on myself during the first two years. And so I was a little tired by the time I started studying for the MCAT, which I think is normal. And I mean, in med school, it's also going to be very rigorous, but you have to remember to take that time. And I think another, and as you mentioned in the beginning, I was also pursuing an internship, which was focused in education and then helping students from underrepresented backgrounds have better access to science in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that like part-time and then also studying for the MCAT. But looking back on it, I don't know if I would have taken, I'm very happy that I did the internship because I learned a lot from it and I really enjoyed it. But I don't know if I would have done that. I think the primary reason why I felt so pressured to do something that summer is that I knew a lot of other people who were also planning on taking the MCAT in August. And they all said, oh, I have an internship or "Oh, I'm going to continue to do research. I'm going to do this or that. And so I felt like I also had to be doing something besides just like one day of volunteering or one day of shadowing. But at the end of the day, like pretty much everyone who took a heavier commitment while sitting for the MCAT that summer also had to postpone their test date. So yeah, that's what was going on. That makes sense. And I feel like that's a a thing that happens with a lot of pre-meds is like, you know, you hear people talking about all this stuff that they're doing, like mission trips and like huge projects. And it's really easy to feel pressured like that you need to be doing just as much and studying for the MCAT is so difficult like realize it because you're like oh I already learned all of this in class you know it should just be a review but it's a whole other ballgame right and it's kind of hard to do part-time yeah that definitely makes sense you know and I feel like even if you have to push it back like you ended up doing well and that's the whole point no harm done really no no yeah that's a lot going on so when you started did you have like a certain score since you got into that or like that program right you had 
had a score goal kind of set for you already, right? Yes. So in order for us to be able to secure our placement at the medical school, we had to keep up a certain GPA and then also have like the same average as the previous year students, which was a 512. So I knew that I had to get a 512, but I wanted to do better than a 512 because I didn't want to like mess with it but that's what I needed right that was your score goal from the beginning was to at least skip right yeah so when you first started like taking practice exams and stuff your lowest score was like around a 504 right Mm -hmm. okay so what do you think it was like about your experiences before that that kind of had you scoring there when you started because a lot of students actually start like kind of lower than that so that's kind of almost a high score to start with right when I took my first practice I had already been doing content review for, I can't remember now, I think it was maybe three weeks. And it was a Kaplan exam too. And before that, I had only taken the AMC sample test. So I don't exactly know what my first score was. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do the converters, but it's not recommended by everyone. And so I think, I feel like there are a couple of plateaus during your MCAT studying that you can hit. First, I see a lot of people who hit the 500 plateau. So that's like the 504 that I got into and then you hit the 510 plateau which kept me stuck later you know so but the big difference for me for going from the 504 to the 510 was just continuing content review and finishing that right that makes a lot of sense yeah thanks for expanding on that progression a little bit because I know in a lot of cases like students you know might be sitting around one of those two plateaus and like don't really know what makes the difference so I think that was like really helpful (laughs) I was expecting it I think I I found some article somewhere (laughs) on the deep hole on the internet that said oh if you have like this score and you're this many months out of the MCAT and you've studied for this long then your score should improve like two points a week or something like that and so that's what I thought would happen but it most certainly did not so I think it's important for students when they start off to understand that you probably will hit a plateau and then like have to change your studying at some point right not all progression is like this linear thing like you just said like there might Mm -hmm. be that's good because then you know these students won't feel as discouraged when they are stuck on those plateaus. So getting into your study schedule itself, how did you plan your MCAT studying out when you started? I, during spring break, I thought, oh, I'm really going to like sit down now and think what I'm going to do. And so then I assigned a chapter that I would do each day. And then I was planning on finishing content review the first month and then just doing practice the second month because, well, I had about two months and a half and that's what I heard people did. But I did not finish content review (laughs) that first month of the internship because I also just couldn't figure out what to do for a content review. So I was spending way too much time on certain chapters that I could have just skimmed through. I needed more help with. I wasn't sure which method I should use to take notes. I wasn't sure if I should do like the Anki cards. So I quickly started falling behind on my schedule and not hitting my goals for which chapters to review each day, which now I've also seen like some other MCAT mastery content And the recommendation is usually to say, oh, I'm going to study this number of chapters or I'm going to study these subjects today, but not to say the exact chapters that you're going to study. Right. Making it like a little bit more general. Yeah. I feel like there's so much content that it can get overwhelming and then also like trying to plan it all out. So yeah, allowing for some like generality and flexibility like that can always help. I feel like a little Mm bit. Yeah. So in regard to like you already mentioned some of the resources that you were using. 
like you mentioned Kaplan, Anki, all of these other resources. So which did you find the most helpful during your prep? I think the AMC for sure. I don't even need to think about it. Definitely AMC because I feel like if I had made better use of that the first time around, then I definitely would have gotten a better score earlier. And because Kaplan at the end, I think, well, when it comes to textbooks or what you use for content review, I think people put way too much emphasis on that because at the end of the day, like the content on each textbook is going to be pretty cursory. Like you already learned that in your classes, unless it's something like Princeton Review. Princeton Review is pretty thorough, but then it's also a little too thorough, you know? So I think people expect if I get the wrong textbook, I'm not going to get as good of a score. But at the end of the day, sometimes I think that I didn't even need to get a textbook. Well, maybe I might be saying something wrong here, but I think, well, maybe I could have just used like Khan Academy videos, you know, because I really enjoyed those too. The AMC was definitely super helpful with all of the practice questions and things like that. Yeah, definitely. And nothing you're saying is wrong at all. Like it's all (laughs) your experience and your opinion. So no worries. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I get what you're saying too. And I think people have mentioned before as well, like you can use practice in as like your content review almost like to find those content gaps and then like supplement mm-hmm. with Khan Academy or things like that. So I don't think that's bad advice at all. I think that could be helpful. So speaking more generally about your journey, what do you think your biggest like challenges were as you were going through like your MCAT? Rep? I didn't even realize this until the end when I started working with a tutor, but my mindset was terrible. I was doing like, well, on my car's practice tests but then when I went for like the other sections I was getting so many questions wrong because of reading comprehension and I feel like I just didn't trust myself enough to think that I could do well on those questions Mm -hmm. and I it was just too much of like I'm not good at physics so that's why I didn't get the question right but I think one of the one thing that people should definitely not do when they're studying is say oh like this is my weak area or not that good at that so that's why I got the points off because for the MCAT like every question matters but also just in life in general I think it's good to have the growth mindset you know and say oh I'm working on physics or I'm getting this or that better so and I also what I did was I kind of adapted a persona as if I was Dr. Christina Yang and that's because I was just watching like Grey's Anatomy one night when I was hanging out with my parents during studying and they were going off for interviews and she said oh I'd say wish me luck but I don't need it and I thought you know that's what act when I'm going to the MCAT because I felt so scared of it that it was kind of like dominating it but it should really be the opposite way around like you need to dominate the MCAT you need to think like I can't let this exam get in between me and my goal of becoming a doctor so yeah yeah I love that Christina Yang mindset because yeah she's like a boss and she's a doctor and she's just like so confident and Mm -hmm. you're totally right about the mindset piece like confidence is so important and like it isn't something that you know you think about right when you're starting your MCAT prep like these other things that you're thinking about so yeah focusing on that always critical so I guess when you were changing your mindset and everything was it just something that kind of clicked for you and you were like oh I just need to change my mindset or were there like certain steps that you like took to overcome that no I had to get help from the tutor and then I'd also hear a lot of like motivational interviews do a lot of just like meditation and things like that yeah meditation is something I hear a lot as well 
all. And then also with like my faith, I really had to think like, I really had to just give it up to God. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you need to put in all of your own work, but you have to remember that you're not in control. So right. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's something, you know, that's a comfort and like knowing that you have that as well is mm-hmm. always going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. So so in regard to the like way that you increase your score. So now we're just like, I guess, talking about that three week period where you really like sat hunkered down and got up to your 519. So if mm-hmm. someone wanted to increase their score like you did, what advice would you have for them to do that? I would just do practice questions. And then the first time I took the NCAT, I actually did not finish the Q packs and the section banks, which was already kind of a little bit of foreshadowing because one of my friends had literally told me that I should, that's the one thing I should definitely finish before taking the NCAT. <laughs> and I had barely made a dent on it. So I would do that. But I mean, you run out of those questions kind of soon. So I would recommend also repeating those questions. And when I was told to repeat the questions, I thought that was kind of insane. Because I was like, why would I redo questions that I've already done? I already know the answer to them. But you'll actually be surprised with how much you actually don't remember the questions just because there are so many of them. And then with the passages also, you can remember like the gist of it. But you're definitely, they're so dense that like you're not going to remember the whole thing. And so doing the questions over and over again will really help you solidify like why the AMC chose to write the question that way and then to answer it that way. And then whenever I get a question wrong in a certain topic over and over again, like the kidneys and the liver, I was really having, I was really struggling with that body system. So I did a lot of questions on that. And then, oh, and for that, I used next up like 2000 question science pack or something like that, which a friend had given to me. And so I would look up and they have questions on pretty much every STEM subject on the MCAT. So I would look up which question had to do with that body system and then do all the questions in there. And so then if I got it wrong, I would like highlight it red and then just repeat those questions until I could color code it as green and like good to go. Yeah, like a specified area of attack, I feel like, which is, yeah, again, like filling in those content gaps. And I feel like doing like questions again, like even though it does seem like kind of counterintuitive, it also like can help you build confidence too. It helps a lot. Yeah, and you like you were already saying that like confidence is so important. So yeah, that's awesome advice. And I got a question right, I would like celebrate it. Yeah, and even like the red to green system, like that Mm -hmm. even is like psychologically like you're gonna love those moments when you get them to green and like. Oh my gosh, it feels amazing, and to see like color coding changing. If you're like me and you like doing spreadsheets and making everything look nice and organized, then you'll love that. Yeah, I know I would love that definitely. Good way to do space repetition because when I was going into the MCAT, I'd hear, oh, space repetition, space repetition. But I didn't know how to actually incorporate that. I thought that I had to like read a chapter and then reread my notes on the chapter a few weeks later. But then I never knew how to actually incorporate that into my studies because I didn't have time to read a chapter and then reread the notes later. So the, doing the questions like that is a good way to use ba- incorporate space repetition into your studies. Yeah, space repetition. Nice. That's something that is always like supposed to be helpful. So mm-hmm. concrete way to implement that. That's awesome. So one resource we haven't talked about yet is MCAT Mastery. So how did you find MCAT Mastery? Was it during like your studying, like your MCAT prep is when you were kind of introduced mm-hmm. to MCAT Mastery or? No, I actually learned about MCAT Mastery because one of my other friends, Giselle, used MCAT Mastery's resources and now she works as a tutor too. And so mm-hmm. then I looked into it and now that I'm working with MCAT Mastery, I just think like I cannot believe that I didn't find this 
earlier because so much of the advice that I could have like had in the beginning was all in just one place, you know, and that I had to kind of like fish around to find. It would have just been so much easier if I had found MCAT Mastery because in high school too, when I studied for like the SAT and the ACT, I would use Prep Scholar a lot. And they had a lot of articles on how to improve your strategy for those practice tests. But I didn't really know of anything similar to Prep Scholar for the MCAT and MCAT Mastery would have been really nice for that for sure. That's one regret. Now you're part of the team and you get to spread all these tips. So, you know, you get to give back, which is great as well. I feel like yeah, that's why I was really excited to, to start working with MCAT Mastery because I thought, wow, this is, I need to get more people to know about. <laughs> right. And it's kind of like a lot of the things that we talk about with MCAT Mastery like strategy mindset especially are things that you like kind of ran into during your journey so it's kind of perfect that you're a part of the team now right yeah I think the other day I read something when I was looking up quotes to put on Instagram <laughs> experience can be a master teacher but it doesn't have to be your own you know so I had to learn a lot from my own experience but then MCAT mastery is basically like all of the tutors sharing their experience too so that other students don't have to make the same mistakes so I think that's really nice yeah, we should like brand that for the top score interview because that's basically what we're doing here, which is like sharing your experience. Mm -hmm. I love that quote. That's awesome. Okay, so launching back into your score itself. So getting more specific and now looking at the individual sections. So your mm -hmm. high scores were in chem and phys and bio biochem where you got 131s, which is awesome. So let's start with chem and phys because a lot of students actually struggle with this section. How did you study there and what advice would you have for like struggling? I have to say that was actually so shocking to me when I got the score back because the first time around it was my lowest score and so then I think that what changed for both chem and phys and bio and biochem was the realization that the content in those areas it's really not like super hard or complex it's just kind of like the AMC has a little bit of fluff to it so that it confuses you you know because these are things that you're learning as a freshman or a sophomore and I mean when you're learning them at those moments in time of course you're very hard concepts but then I mean you study hard and then you like take the exams so you should know them after right but then I was just kind of confused actually like how I was able to do well in my pre-med rec courses but I couldn't do well on the MCAT and so then that's what really changed for me was just a realization that is just kind of like they put up a little bit of like sprinkles on basic concepts to confuse you but you have to look past it and really see what is the basic concept that the AMC is testing you on right. and the practice questions is what helped right for chem and phys just like doing a lot of practice questions there yeah practice I mean that always helps yeah I feel like what you're saying about chem and phys can also apply to bio biochem so was it kind of similar in that same way for you like how did you study for bio biochem? yeah well bio and biochem was a little bit easier for me because biochem chemistry was my major and so I think that would also help is that the semester after I took the MCAT the first time around I also took a couple of different courses like genetics and then enzymes nutrients and metabolic flux which were two courses I had to take for my major oh and then also another cellular molecular biology course and so mm -hmm. all of those courses were things that were being tested on the MCAT and so even though as I said the concepts are pretty simple or just like introduction 
introductory level concepts, having more exposure to them with higher level concepts will definitely help you. Because at first I was also thinking, I was hearing about people who would take anatomy or Selmalek or a bunch of different courses that I just didn't have time with the to take before the MCAT with the schedule that I had set up for myself with taking it after sophomore year. And so I think having greater exposure to that and reading more scientific papers and just a better understanding of it helped a lot too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Exposure, familiarity, all of that. Now moving into the car section where you got a 129, which is amazing. The most students <laughs> struggle with cars out of all the sections. So what advice would you have there? I think cars for me, it was kind of also it fluctuated a lot because the practice test before like the week before my first MCAT I actually got a 132 on that practice test but then on the real day I got a 126 and so then that's one of the sections where your mindset will matter the most because after chem and phys which is the hardest section for a lot of students you'll already be feeling like a little bit unmotivated or maybe you're still tired from the morning so just practicing the mindset and then if you do the practice that the AMC gives you it's also I think it's a little bit different from the real thing because when I was doing the practice I could almost kind of predict from reading the passages which questions I would be asked and so then even though on the real test day I couldn't predict them as well Mm -hmm. like the questions having that sort of strategy in the back of my mind of trying to anticipate like oh like this information might be useful for this or this information might be useful for like this question might be asked about it was also very helpful and I went through a lot of different strategies for cars I did like highlighting and summarizing or reading it fast and then rereading it again because I think a lot of students also worry about not being able to read fast enough but when I was going into my deep dark internet holes during MCAT studying I actually found this other article that said that it should even if you have one of the slowest reading speeds for cars it shouldn't matter like you should still have enough time the problem is that people will read the text and then not actually understand it so just really focus on understanding everything that you're reading right because you know there's always that moment where like you read something and you realize you haven't been reading it at all and you have to go back so I feel like that could be like you need to be actively like reading it and implementing those strategies so yeah hopefully those strategies like you're interested right and I feel like highlighting like you said highlighting summarizing like that stuff can help keep you (laughs) a little bit more interested hopefully yeah but I think it just like depends on works for you because then at the end of the day like all the highlighting and summarizing I was doing I was just taking too much time but it does work for some other students so just do a lot of practice and try the strategy right yeah that's pretty (laughs) much you know that's the car section you guys can do this lastly we have the psych section so how did you study there for that section that was actually my favorite section to study for because the content is just also interesting (laughs) and then with my public health classes too I think a lot of the passages would kind of relate to things that I was seeing in those classes so I would really enjoy that my score also went down the second time around like my first MCAT I got a higher score on second social than the second time around I think that would influence that too is that since I had done well on second social the first time around I didn't focus so much on studying it the second time and I forgot a lot of the definitions and so I would see like concepts that I'd never heard of before and a lot of people complain about that how you'll see something about psychology that you didn't even know you need to study for and so you think oh how could I possibly 
answer this question. But I think that if you have the other concepts, like if you know them well enough, then you should be able to at least use process of elimination. But that makes sense. Kind of getting around knowing how to answer questions that you don't know is a strategy in itself. So yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of definitions for sex so you can't know literally everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you have anything to add for any of the sections before we move on to anything else? When I took the MCAT, I feel like that was like my biggest takeaway was how vital the amino acids were. So yeah, my gosh, you're gonna like get so many easy points with that. Also, I think another thing for Kevin Fizz, orgo on the MCAT is not as hard as like college orgo. Moving on to like your experience with the MCAT itself. So walk us through your MCAT test day. Like how was it? How were you feeling? How'd it go? So that day, I was so scared about not waking up. Like the night before, that was my main fear, not waking up to go to the MCAT. So I told so many people to text me that day. And I actually wound up waking up on my own with no alarm a little bit earlier. But thankfully, I was still able to sleep. And then like throughout all of my prep too, I had basically like narrowed it down to a science what I should eat the day of. So I feel like I had a pretty good routine. And I also felt a lot calmer because I kind of knew what to expect once I got into the room. And then like how the proctoring would work. I knew that it would say like, oh, get here by this time, but to get there a little bit earlier because a line would form. And I actually had a lot of friends who were taking it the same day. So I carpooled with two of them, which was nice too, to like have a little bit of a support system on test date. I mean, it kind of like, I feel kind of, I liked having a lot of people that I knew, but I also didn't because sometimes I did feel like their mood kind of rubbed off on me. So like if they didn't feel like they were doing well, I'd kind of start worrying too. But that's where having really practicing having a good mindset beforehand will help you because then you can bounce back, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, when I left that exam room, I really did not think that I had scored a 519 because with the last section being psych and so shoe, and I didn't feel like I had done well on that section. And so I didn't think I had done well on the exam at all. So, but thankfully I had like good friends who were waiting for me like right after and I was able to go out and celebrate. Yeah, I think after was almost more stressful than when I was actually sitting for the MCAT. Yeah, so the time you were like waiting for your score back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how was that? Was it just full of like anticipation? Oh yeah, I was pretty anxious. It had already happened to me that I didn't get the score. And so I knew that if I didn't get the score again, it wasn't the end of the world. Like at the end of the day, you can take the, the AMC sets limits on how many times you can take the MCAT, but you can take it quite a few times, you know? And so I was already kind of prepping and thinking about when I would take it again, but also just kind of, I really needed to take a break and then kind of catch up on everything else that was going on in my life in the meantime that I had kind of neglected for. So like my other classes and my student org involvements and research. So yeah. Yeah associating with society I guess when you did get your score back how was that what was the reaction like also the test score they tell you that the test score is going to come out at 5 p.m but the first time around I was just on the portal 
like at the middle of the day while I was at research and the score was already up there. So that was not very good because I cry in the middle of research. Yes. Well, I don't think anyone saw me, which was good. That was not fun. So just so y'all know, the score comes out before 5 p.m. It's not full around. And so then that's why the day of, I thought, oh, I'm going to wait. I think I had classes and meetings until 9 p.m. that day. So I told myself that I would only check it at the end of the day. And I also wanted to be like in a prayer space so like at church to check my score but my friends started getting so mad at me they're like julia you've waited for a month to get the score back if you don't check it i will take your phone and like figure out your password or (laughs) use my like icloud keychain and figure it out for you because we need to know and i was also like hearing from all of my other friends who who had taken it with me that day yeah so finally i just had to like succumb to checking my score Mm -hmm. and well i also had a little bit of an extra time in between two classes and so then yeah I was really nervous that I'd get a bad score and then just feel depressed for the rest of the day you know so I thought I'd rather feel anxious for the entire day than to be really sad and around people right but I mean I don't know I think whichever way even if I hadn't gotten the score it would have been fine because at least I would have been with people you know to help me feel better and help me get through it right but if I had checked it at the end of the day and I hadn't been well then I would have just been the alone in my room in college yeah it depends yeah I think at the end of the day it was good right so you ended up getting the you know a really good score so all that worrying like it went somewhere but could fade away which is good as well yeah and I also felt like since the score was kind of like above what I was expecting Mm -hmm. to get as well I think it really taught me a lesson on not placing so much of my value as a person in scores because the this might sound weird, but the euphoria you get from getting a higher score than you wanted only lasts for a certain amount of time. And like, yeah, then it can help you get into a better medical school and things like that. But it doesn't say anything about like your own personal value and who you are and whether you're going to be a good doctor or not, or if you can do it. Right. Yeah. Like the score you needed wasn't as high as the score you got. So like in Mm -hmm. reality, yeah, it Mm -hmm. really didn't matter, which is always good. But yeah, I get what you're saying about it like not you know it doesn't need to define you and it's cool that you came to that realization from like the higher side right but it's still an important realization to have yeah so I feel like that's like all the questions we had about your MCAT journey itself so I just had one more question which is kind of after your MCAT like you were talking about how like you knew Giselle who is one of our tutors and that's how you kind of found MCAT Mastery so what made you want to work with MCAT Mastery and like become part of the team well when I was in college I also worked as a first year fellow, which is sort of like an academic RA because we live in the freshman dorms and we help them transition from high school to college. So I've always loved that whole mentorship aspect to education, which is a lot of what MCAT Mastery focuses on. But then like on my own, I can only reach so many people. But with MCAT Mastery or just when you work in any team, the potential of one person is just like multiple applied by so much you know like I think you have so much to offer like Giselle has so much to offer all of the tutors like they all know so many different things and like they all had so many different experiences and then when you bring all of that together you can achieve something greater than if I just went out on my own to try to help other students so that's what made me very excited about working with MCAT Mastery. Yeah you get to like share ideas and bond with people as well and that doesn't even have to be like exclusive to the team either like bonding with students as well over you know 
know, someone will be like, I ended up getting the score that I wanted. And I'm just like, that's amazing. Yeah, that's like the best part. Hearing like from just hearing back from one student. Yeah. So if you guys all- send me DMs on Instagram to tell me <laughs> if you improve your score, please do. And I'll yeah. carry that with the team too. It'll make everyone's day. So, yeah, that's what I always love too. Is like even after like tutoring with like one of our tutors, like students will come back and be like, it's because of this specific person, you know, as well as my own hard work. But like the tutor helped me to like realize my potential. And that's always so like getting back to you. Another thing that I loved about MCAT Mastery is that the materials are pretty affordable. You know, like the tutoring is very affordable compared to other things. But then before you even go to tutoring, it says like, oh, we have these strategy materials. And then should you need it, like go to tutoring. And I really like that approach because I know students can sometimes be very skeptical of tutoring companies because Mm -hmm. they're so expensive and like you don't even know what kind of tutor you're going to get. But I felt good about working for MCAT Mastery because I knew that it was pretty transparent and just affordability and access to MCAT materials is a huge issue or it's a huge reason for why I think that there is also not enough representation of different people in medical school. I think hopefully MCAT Mastery can continue to work on its materials and things like that so that it should make it more, it should make the MCAT and medical school in general just like more accessible to people. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Like, I think that's super vital as well. And I, I'm really glad that you brought it up because it is really important. And mm-hmm. I think that's like a large part of what kind of stuff that you're doing too is like reaching people, like making mm-hmm. who we are more accessible. So like working on that social media stuff, mm-hmm. you're kind of trying to reach more people. So on that right. note, what exactly have you been working on, I guess, with your project? So as you mentioned in the beginning, we've started the Q&As and IG takeovers from our tutors, which is something that I really like because it's nice. A lot of our posts are just like informational things, but it kind of lacks that human touch, you know, which we all need because (laughs) you'll see all over the internet tips on how to get more followers and things like that and how to beat the algorithm. But at the end of the day, you need to remember that there is a human on the other side of that screen who is like reading that content and who the content may or may not be able to help, you know? And so being able to engage our tutors in that, I think is really fun and a good way for the students on the other side of the screen to know that they're not alone and that there are people out there who can help them. And then beyond that, we're also trying to keep up with the ever-changing social media scene. Or, well, not trying to keep up. We are working on keeping up or (laughs) staying ahead of that, especially with TikTok and then other things that become available. I know a lot of people in the beginning were kind of skeptical of TikTok or it was just a place where people could share dances and things like that. But it's really become a very nice community and you can definitely like find your niche in there. So stay tuned in the future (laughs) for our TikTok. Yeah, I feel like like because I have a TikTok and I for a while there was seeing a lot of doctor related stuff because like if you know you're doing a lot of stuff on your phone that is you know similar to the MCAT Mm -hmm. it kind of gets into your algorithm and oh yeah there's a a lot of doctor related content on there so I think there's definitely room for the MCAT too yeah because before you're a doctor you got to keep the MCAT right it's a necessary step so yeah that's really exciting lots of different avenues to pursue and then also collaboration with other MCAT companies like we just recently did a giveaway with MCAT 
that math, which I really liked because I think sometimes tutoring companies can also be kind of like, oh, like stick to our materials and only our materials. But it goes again with the concept of me being able to do more as part of a team than alone. Like different companies or groups have different strong suits and then just like the ability to come together, you know, and like be in the same space, I think is really cool also. Yeah, definitely. That is so cool. Yeah, it's a community. We're all out here trying to help. Yes, like we want to help, but not compete. Yeah, well, like I was saying, like there's so many different avenues and opportunities and it's really exciting. So we're all excited to see what you do next. Okay, yeah, I think that's like all the questions I had. So I guess in closing, is there anything, I guess, that you would like to say to people who might be listening to this and like are struggling with the MCAT? Just like final pieces of advice or thoughts on Tendra? Yeah, I think just, you know, just hang in there and don't compare yourself to other students because you have your own path that you're gonna follow. Sometimes you can do things that may feel a little bit disappointing. Like for me, I had to retake it or maybe having to reschedule the MCAT or even needing to ask for help like beyond your general like circle of friends and mentors and maybe reaching out to a tutor or something like that. Don't feel ashamed if you have to do that and just know that you can overcome it. Like the MCAT is not gonna stand in the way of you and your dream of like becoming a doctor. I think if it's something that you really want and you're very passionate about like you will find a way to do it i had a professor who said life is like a state function you know so like it doesn't matter which path you take as long like what matters is the result and obviously enjoy the journey as you go through it but like at the end of the day what matters is just that you get there you know yeah exactly well thanks so much julia for like sitting down and doing this interview with us i think a lot of the stuff you said was super helpful and super practical so oh thank you monica thanks for opportunity yeah of course and good luck with everything like coming up and to all of our listeners from julia and i and from the mcat mastery team we just want to say like we believe in you and you guys got this Hey everyone, this is Monica again, and before you go, I just want to remind you that if you're not receiving our daily free MCAT strategy and success story emails yet, definitely be sure to sign up for those at mcatmastery.net slash free course. In addition to that, if you feel like you might need personalized help with the exam and would like to have an MCAT mentor kind of look at your situation and help you identify exactly what's holding your score back, you can look into that too at mcatmastery.net slash mentors. And lastly, and most importantly, we just want you guys to know that you have what it takes to succeed on this exam. We know the MCAT is intimidating, and when you get a score that's lower than you expected on a practice or on the real thing, it's so easy to feel discouraged or frustrated or even hopeless about the exam. We get it. A lot of us have been there. So we want to give you the guidance that we wish we'd had when we were in your shoes. And that's what these interviews are for. That's what our emails are for. We want you guys to be able to feel confident again, and most importantly, be able to see that med school admission is possible, and it's not out of your reach at all. So thanks again for listening, and remember that every top scorer, every med student, and every doctor made it through this journey, so you can do it too. You guys got this.